ಓಂ ನಮೋ ಭಗವತೆ ವಾಸುದೇವಾಯ ನಮೋ ಭಗವತೆ ವಾಸುದೇವಾಯ ಓಂ ನಮೋ ಭಗವತೆ ವಾಸುದೇವಾಯ ಶ್ರೀಮದ್ ಭಗವದ್ಗೀತಾ ಆಸ್ ಇಟ್ ಈಸ್ ಟ್ರಾನ್ಸ್ಲೇಷನ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಕಾಮೆಂಟ್ರಿ ಬೈಸ್ ಡಿವೈನ್ ಗ್ರೈಸ್ ಐ ಸಿ ಭಕ್ತಿ ವೇದಾಂತ ಸ್ವಾಮಿ ಪ್ರಭುಪಾದ್ ಚಾಪ್ಟರ್ ಏಟೀನ್ ಟೆಕ್ಸ್ ಸಿಕ್ಸ್ಟಿ ಫೈವ್ ಟ್ರಾನ್ಸ್ಲೇಷನ್ ಲಾರ್ಡ್ ಶ್ರೀ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಸೇಸ್ ಟು ಅರ್ಜುನ Always think of me, become my devotee, worship me and offer your homage unto me. Thus you will come to me without fail. I promise you this because you are my very dear friend. Purport. The most confidential part of knowledge is that one should become a pure devotee of Krishna and always think of him and act for him. One should not become an official meditator. Don't become an official meditator. Prabhupada said, Don't become an official meditator. Life should be so molded that one will always have the chance to think of Krishna. One should always act in such a way that all his daily activities are in connection with Krishna. He should arrange his life in such a way that throughout the 24 hours he cannot but think of Krishna. And the Lord's promise is that anyone who is in such pure Krishna, sorry, pure devotional service to the Lord in full Krishna consciousness, at once he becomes free. One who is in pure Krishna consciousness will certainly return to the abode of Krishna where he will be engaged in the association of Krishna face to face. This most confidential part of knowledge is spoken to Arjuna because he is the dear friend of Krishna. Everyone who follows the path of Arjuna can become a dear friend to Krishna and obtain the same perfection as Arjuna. These words stress that one should concentrate his mind upon Krishna, the very form with two hands carrying a flute, the bluish boy with a beautiful face and peacock feathers in his hair. There are descriptions of Krishna found in the Brahma Sanghita and other literatures. One should fix his mind on the original form of Godhead, Krishna. One should not even divert his attention to other forms of the Lord. The Lord has multi-forms as Vishnu, Narayana, Rama, Varaha, etc. But a devotee should concentrate his mind on the form that was present before Arjuna. Concentration of the mind on the form of Krishna constitutes the most confidential part of knowledge and this is disclosed to Arjuna because Arjuna is the most dear friend of Krishna's. 
ಮನ್ಮನಾಭವಮ್ಭಕ್ತ ಮದ್ಯಾಜೀ ಮಾಂ ನಮಸ್ಕುರು ಮಾಮೇ ವೈಶ್ಯಸಿ ಸತ್ಯಂಥೆ ಪೃಥಿಜಾನೇ ಪ್ರಿಯೋಸಿ ಮೇ ಆಲ್ವೈಸ್ ಥಿಂಕ್ ಆಫ್ ಮೀ ಬಿಕಮ್ ಮೈ ಡಿವೋಟಿ ವರ್ಷಿಪ್ ಮೀ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಆಫರ್ ಯೋರ್ ಹಾಮಿ ಜನ್ ಟು ಮೀ ಥಸ್ ಯು ವಿಲ್ ಕಮ್ ಟು ಮೀ ವಿದೌಟ್ ಫೇಲ್ ಐ ಪ್ರಾಮಿಸ್ ಯು ದಿಸ್ ಬಿಕಾಸ್ ಯು ಆರ್ ಮೈ ವೆರಿ ಡಿಯರ್ ಫ್ರೆಂಡ್ this well known verse is born out in the lives of pure devotees of krishna shila prabhupad wrote about chaitanya mahaprabhu that when he returned to navadeep from gaya he was a fully god intoxicated person in india there have been many famous god intoxicated persons who just they cannot but think of krishna day and night wherever they are in this area is very famous purandaradas kanakdas throughout india i mentioned chaitanya mahaprabhu of course he is krishna himself appearing as a devotee but there were many in north india surdas mira they're famous and there we have this pandurang who is worshiped by tukaram and then others so many in even muslims that supposed muslims that orissa shalabeg kabir someone would say kabir but yeah maybe in some ways he had some unusual life not fully pure devotional ideas he was against or he didn't much approve of murti worship anyway there are many famous great devotees and apart from famous great devotees there have been many not very famous great devotees also who you might call ordinary people who were fully absorbed in love of krishna i've personally seen a not very famous there are so many like this but i just particularly at this moment i'm remembering one old man who i used to see in my youth in bangladesh who was doing puja something like the description shri laprapa gave of his own father he would do puja in the morning and the night and midday and then he'd go to his shop in the mid, in the middle of the day and i described in this book the glimpses of traditional indian life i was at his home somehow everyone had gone out there was some function and i was there in the evening so he asked me to read chaitanya charitamrita and it was in there just reading by the oil lamp and i asked him where to read he said anywhere so i started reading and as i was reading he was he was blind practically his eyes were hanging drooping down so he couldn't see unless he pulled his eye up like this but uh he would he was chanting along with me 
it seems he knew the whole Chaitanya Charitamrita. So there may have been many people like this who fully absorbed in love of Krishna, in Telugu there was the Jagaraja uh, writing songs about Rama, Rama Bhakti. Hmm? Ramadasa Bhadrachala is also very famous in the Telugu world, Telugu-speaking world. So this is the uh, this is the model. This is the model to follow. Everyone tries to emulate someone else. There's someone. Everyone has their heroes. In modern India, the heroes are cricket players, cinema stars, rich people, like Ambani's people. Of course, everyone's not so ambitious, but the idea... That's mentioned in Kali Yoga that if you have money, you're considered very great in Kali Yoga. Vitameva kalo nunam. Janma chara guno dayaha. In Kali Yoga, if one has vitta, wealth, then that's considered he's highborn. In, I think in modern Bangalore, you'll find that people, they don't consider much what is your caste, but they look to see money, how much money. Previously it used to be by caste, but now it's if you've got money, then you're considered very important. And that in itself is considered good quality. Gentleman means someone who's got a lot of money. Never mind he's cheating, lying, stealing, murdering, but he's considered very respectable. People will proudly say, I'm working for such and such a company, multinational corporation. They consider this something worth, very much worth dedicating their life to, the pursuit of money. But at least in traditional India, many of the people, they were more inspired by the, uh, the bhakti of great devotees. Even now, you'll find, I was saying, there took around that in Maharashtra still, on the Akadashi days, that so many people will make that dindi pilgrimage to Pandarpur. They may not even know much about it, why, or, but just the, uh, that inspiration is there, that, that understanding is there, that life is meant for bhakti to Krishna. And they, it, it's not just a feeling, but they would also be educated. Like, just like in Tukaram, in his songs, Abhangas, the, the whole philosophy will be there. Even without studying so many big shastras. Narottam Das in Bengali. Hari Hari Bifale Janama Gawainu. Prabhupada often quoted this. Manusha Janama Paya Radha Krishna Nabhajiya. Janiya Shuniya Bisha Kaino. He's saying, Oh my Lord Hari, I have uselessly 
past my life, having attained this human form of life, I have not worshipped Radha and Krishna. Therefore, knowingly I have drunk poison. So in this way, even without studying so deeply, even without being educated in any sense, in, in, without being educated in ABC or Kaka or whatever, people, they, uh, they would have this highest education. Prabhupada, he said that several times. Once he was walking in Vrindavan, in the morning, and one farmer working in the field, he saw Prabhupada walking with his disciples. He came over and offered obeisance. And Prabhupada said, just see this man, he's more cultured than all these big professors in the Western world. They have such a big education, but they'll never bow down to a sadhu. Whereas this man, he's, probably he can't read, or he's, that time everyone was a, most of the population of India, the thumbprint, or left, I think it was left hand, thumbprint. They have to, any official document, thumbprint. They can't sign their own name even. But they have the education to understand that more important than anything else is spiritual realization. There's one story of a Westerner who came to India. And he met one man in his shop. And in the shop, he was, the man was doing the business. And in one corner at the back, his father was reading Ramayana. He's retired, but still his habit is to go to the shop. And sitting in the shop, he'd read Ramayana. And in one corner the child is playing, young boy. So anyway, he left and he came back many years later, maybe 30 years later. And he thought, let me visit that man in his shop again. He went to the shop and he saw there was one man in the shop, old man in the corner reading Ramayana, and a young child, young boy playing on the other corner. He said, what happened? I went away for 30 years. What happened? You didn't grow up? Or... Everything's the same. He said, no, no, you see, that old man, that was who you spoke to last time. The young boy was me, and this is my son. It's just going on like that, generation after generation. That's, that's what they do. The young boy will play. The man will do his business and in old age they'll recite Ramayana or Srimad Bhagavatam or whatever. And life went on. Not much anxiety. It was regular life. Now things are changing, of course. But that was the culture. Of course, the, the man doing his business in the shop, he would also hear Ramayana. Otherwise, in old age you won't get the taste for that. It's not that suddenly you become old and then you think, oh, all right, let me do bhakti. It won't work like that. If throughout life people cultivate a taste for watching TV, then what will they do in old age? They'll watch TV. So that, that cultivation has to be there. It's not, an, it's not exactly an entertainment. Studying Ramayana, Mahabharat, Srimad Bhagavatam, it's not in the same category as watching TV 
cricket and sports and all movies and all this kind of thing that's just ent- what comes on tv is entertainment but what comes in shastra that's also very entertaining the best stories you'll get in shrimad bhagavatam especially mahabharata there is so many stories and you'll go in one story then inside the story another story will come and while you're studying that story another story will come in that Then another story in that, like these Russian dolls. You pull out one and there's another one inside. You open that and there's another one. So then you go, a story within a story within a story within a story, and then you come back out again. Then you're trying to remember, what was that story? And so it can become very complex. So it's very entertaining, but at the same time it gives uh, worldly knowledge, and spiritual knowledge, knowledge of the world, how to deal in this world, what people are like. All the people who are mentioned in Shastra, they're not all saintly people. Or some of them may be, actually many of them who are mentioned, they're well-intentioned, but with human frailty. Many are like that. We'll find that. That... that uh, even in Bhagavad Gita, we find, uh, actually throughout the Mahabharata, we'll find very complex situations. It's a complex situation for Arjuna, whether to fight or not. For, for Bhishma and Drona, should they fight with the Pandavas or with the Kauravas? They must have also had some thoughts. Their heart was with the Pandavas, but they felt their duty was with the Kauravas. And that was true also of Shalya, Kripa, Vikarna, one of the brothers of uh, Duryodhana. He knew Duryodhana was wrong, but he felt he had to fight for him anyway, because he's his brother. There was no one like that on the Pandavas' side. They were all there, full heart and soul. So it, it gives uh, very practical information also about how to apply the principles of Shastra in day-to-day life, how to lead a good life in a bad world. The world we live in is not very good. The tendency is to forget Krishna. The whole tendency of the material world is to forget Krishna. <inaudible> Sarva-bhutani sammoham sarge-yanti parantapa. Everyone is born in this world with desire, not desire to love Krishna, the material desire, and dvesha, bad feeling. There's a saying that it's love makes the world go round. There's a saying in English. But according to Bhagavad Gita, it's dvesha that makes the world go round. It's bad will toward all. Everyone is born in this world. Of course, it's a mixture. It's not that everyone's exceedingly bad, but underlying it is forgetfulness of Krishna. And so, uh, so many... Complex situations arise. We're trying to be good, 
that the world is not good, or we don't really know what it means to be good, because good means to surrender to Krishna. And anything apart from that, it means it's goodness on the mental platform only. Yasyasti bhaktiya bhagavatya kinchana those who are devotees, they have all good qualities, says Sriman Bhagavatam. But those who are not devotees of Hari, where is their great quality? They may have some good quality, but not Actually very good, not great quality. Because they're on the manoratam. They're on the platform of the mind. The platform of the mind is sankalpa vikalpa, accepting and rejecting. What is good for me? What is bad for me? So they cannot actually uh, have good qualities. Because a devotee of Krishna, Krishna bhakta nishkam. We've heard the term nishkam, nishkam karma yoga, working without desire for the result. But that is only actually fully possible if one is offering the desire to Krishna, the desire for the result. To be fully nishkam is not possible, to have no desire whatsoever. Because... The nature of the soul is desire. We're living beings. A stone is desireless. There must always be some desire. That's always there. But whether the desire is pure to serve Krishna or whether it is contaminated to avoid serving Krishna, that is the difference between nishkam and sakam. Bhakti can also be sakam. That means we're worshipping Krishna by thinking, what will, I, what will the benefit be for me? Some material benefit. Most people, their bhakti is like that. Who does, who does bhakti? Mostly it's like that. People often ask us, have you got shanti? By doing bhakti. Well, that should be there. But... That's not the ultimate goal of bhakti, simply that I will feel peace. But rather, how Krishna will be satisfied. That is pure devotion to Krishna. How Krishna will be satisfied, not how I will be satisfied. So Krishna, he was teaching this to Arjuna. Arjuna was, at the beginning, he was thinking to be good by not fighting. But Krishna told him the rather, if at the outset it seems rather astonishing that you will be good by fighting, not by avoiding fighting. How is that possible? How can how can it be good to to fight and wrong to not fight? It seems a very strange proposition. But the point is that Krishna wanted the fight, and whatever Krishna wants. That is good. And then we say, well, how is it good that God wants people to be killed? Anyway they're going to be killed. 
People sometimes blame Krishna that he killed so many people. Well, anyway, they're going to be killed by the force of time. They're, everyone is killed by their own impure desire. Everyone is killed by their desire to be separate from Krishna, which forces them to take birth again and again and again and suffer again and again. Krishna comes to this world to deliver us from our ignorance, which causes us to suffer and be born again and again and again. So, Krishna advises to always think of him. He advised Arjuna. Now Arjuna, he, Krishna didn't tell Arjuna that you just like this uh, tukara. He, what That instrument, what's that? He's playing? There are... He didn't advise the Arjuna that you, you pick up a tambora or a vina and you go and sing. If Arjuna had said, look, I tell you what, let's have a big kirtan and invite Duryodhana. Krishna wasn't, he wouldn't have agreed. He said, no, you serve me with your bow. You pick up that bow and kill people. Of course, Duryodhana had so many opportunities beforehand to also be Krishna conscious, but he, he refused. Some people say, well, if Krishna is God, why doesn't he prove it to us? Why didn't he show himself? But he did to Duryodhana. Duryodhana tried to arrest Krishna. And then Krishna said, okay, you arrest me. You come and catch me. Then he, Duryodhana saw so many Krishna everywhere. Krishna expanded. Then how will you catch so many Krishnas? Then he's, Duryodhana should have understood that this is, this is Bhagavan. No one can do this. Some yogi can expand himself into maximum nine forms, but Krishna expand himself into unlimited forms. Then Duryodhana should have realized that this is God, but he was blinded by, by his own desire. He, it, was, it should have been obvious <coughs> to Duryodhana, that Krishna is God, uh, that the Pandavas are favored by him because Duryodhana, so many ways he tried to destroy the Pandavas, even before the battle. But each time it was a terrible failure. Didn't just didn't work at all. Starting with the poisoning Bhima, they thought now we've poisoned him, but he got more power by taking the... He got, and then he got bitten by the snakes and he... The more poison came, the more power he got. So everything they tried, burning the house, they thought, ah, now we can live very happily. The Pandavas, they're all dead. But then they found they'd come back again. Uh, what a disappointment for Duryodhana. <laughs> they all had to pretend to be uh, sorry. When they themselves had plotted to kill the Pandavas, they were thinking, great, now, now life... Now we can enjoy ourselves. And then the, but then they came back and humiliated Duryodhana and his brothers by taking Draupadi in her Swayamva. So Duryodhana should have... What can you do if someone is adamant to not be Krishna conscious, to not accept Krishna as supreme? 
to be a staunch demon, as Srila Prabhupada used to say. What can you do for such people? You can't, they can't become Krishna conscious. So, uh, Krishna gives this instruction, always think of me. This instruction is for devotees, or for, at least for people who are inclined that way. We should hear from devotees, just as Krishna is telling Arjuna very clearly, always think of me, become my devotee, worship me, bow down to me, Krishna said. Not to any demigod or any, uh, there are so many new invented gods, but to Krishna, specifically to Krishna. We should worship Krishna. So we have to hear that because the current of the world is such that it's carrying away us away from Krishna. To the, uh, most of the people assembled at Kurukshetra, this might have seemed like very strange advice. Most of them would not have given that advice. Some of them would. Bhishma would have given that advice. But if you ask Duryodhana what's his advice, he would say, Manmana bhava madbhakto madhyaji mangna maskaru. But he couldn't say, Mame vaishasi satyam te pratijana. He could say that. He could say that. That you are my, you will, I, I, you always, Duryodhana would have also said, you always think of me, become my devotee, worship me, bow down before me. But he can't say, I'll deliver you from birth and death. He can say, okay, I'll give you some position. Like he gave Karna. Oh, you want to help me? Okay, I make you a king. And I promise you this because you are my very dear friend. Duryodhana could say, but what is his friendship? Duryodhana's very dear friend was Karna. But what was their friendship based on? It was based on mutual hatred of the Pandavas. That was the, that was the basis of the friendship. You often see in this, in this world that friendship, what is called friendship, or cooperation is based on mutual, uh, having a mutual enemy. That's Machiavellian politics, it's called in the Western world. That you, two countries, they may be against each other, or, but they, they come together as friends when they have one mutual enemy. Just like in the First World War and the Second World War. For centuries, England and France had been fighting each other. But to join the, to fight the Germans, they joined together. Like that. So that's not really friendship. That's friendship of convenience. But Krishna, the friendship he offers is not a friendship of convenience. He doesn't have anything to gain from us. Nothing. Krishna is fully satisfied. He doesn't need anything from us. But he is very happy to accept the love of his devotees. Patrang pushpang palang tauyam yome bhaktya prayachati tadaham bhaktu pahritam ashnami prayatatmanaha Krishna has made so many nice flowers. What are they for? They're not meant just for our enjoyment. But Krishna likes flowers. We can offer flowers to Krishna. In this country, flowers, they grow throughout the year. They're meant for offering to Krishna in some countries, like where I come from. 
you won't get where, where this body was born. You won't get flowers throughout the year. And you won't get such a variety of flowers. And if you go further north, to north of Sweden or something like this, then you won't get, you'll just find these pine trees, whole of Sweden, full of pine trees. That's all. So, hmm, these flowers, they're meant for offering to Krishna. Krishna likes that. Fruit, patra, the leaves, flowers, fruit, water, it's simple things. We can offer to Krishna. Krishna becomes very pleased. But it's not just that he's uh, demanding something from us. But he asks very nicely, would you like to offer me a leaf, a flower, fruit or water? Very simple thing. And by doing so, the devotee becomes pleased. Krishna becomes pleased, the devotee becomes pleased. Very simple process. Anyone, anywhere can pluck a flower and offer it to Krishna. And Krishna becomes pleased. We can chant Krishna's name. That is the best way to remember Krishna. I was saying the names of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So many I mentioned. They're all famous for remembering Krishna by chanting his names. Krishna is not asking us to fight like Arjuna. Of course, we may have some difficulties to face, as Arjuna did. But in this difficult world, in the modern age, it's very difficult. Everything is very difficult. Even to live in this world is very difficult. Everything's become unnecessarily difficult. But if we chant the name of Krishna in this Kali Yuga, especially in this Kali Yuga, we can achieve all success. We can achieve what great yogis achieved by many years of austerity, simply by chanting the name of Krishna. It seems almost impossible. How is it possible? In Kali Yoga, where everyone is, uh, has a very disturbed mind. That is the main symptom of Kali Yoga. There are so many symptoms mentioned in Shastra. That I was just saying that. If money, if you have money, you're considered a great person. So many symptoms are mentioned in Bhagavatam and in other shastras also. There's, that's mentioned that Tatas Chanu Dinam Dharma Satyam Shucham Kshamadaya Kalena Balina Rajan Nangshantyayu Balangsmitihi. There's one whole chapter of the Bhagavatam begins describing the symptoms of Kali Yoga. That day by day, with the passing of every day, dharma will decrease. Truth will decrease. Cleanliness will decrease. Tolerance will decrease. Mercy will decrease. By the mighty power of Kali Yoga. And what else? The lifespan will decrease. And memory will decrease. 
We practically see that generation to generation. Dharma, I was saying that practically one generation or two generations ago, the old culture was going on. Now it's practically lost. What's normal in Bangalore now was unimaginable one generation ago. No one had ever heard, in Bangalore, no one had ever heard of a pub. There was no such thing. For instance, anyway, you all, who's living here, they know better than I, all these things. So day by day, these things are coming in. Truthfulness, cleanliness, now in India, we see in North India, many people in the winter, they don't bathe. They just don't bathe. Too cold. They get up late, and maybe they brush their teeth, and that's it. Unclean. Tolerance, people can't tolerate. Maybe very difficult for you without the fan on. There's people there accustomed that Always the fan or air conditioner should be on. They can't tolerate a little discomfort. So like this, in Kali Yuga, day by day, things are getting worse. And don't expect it to get better. We can only expect it to get worse if we understand the message of Shastra. Practically we can see that. The, uh, even in the place I was raised in, near London, in England, even there, we used to hear the older generation saying, oh, things are so bad nowadays. But things now are much worse than then. And you're thinking, it can't get worse than this, but it does. It just goes on and on, getting worse and worse and worse. In Salem, I met one young man from the west of Ireland, which in my youth I used to travel in. Very simple people in many ways. But now he told me that now it's, life is very hard, even in the rural areas of the west of Ireland. People can't trust each other like this. Everyone's trying to get something. Drugs are everywhere, which is completely unimaginable in those days. They never even heard of a drug. Even, even for medicine, they hardly took medicine. Just like in the villages in India, people, they didn't used to take medicine. Now, even the poor farmer has to, you know, he has to spend so much money on medicines and this and that. So the world is becoming bad, Sorry, it's already bad. It's getting worse and worse and worse. We can only expect it to get worse. So this advice of Krishna is to always think of him. This is good for all places, all times, all circumstances, all people. But we have especially a very good impetus in the modern age. At least we should understand if we have any intelligence left, that this world is not a good place to live in. 
If we have any little, in Kali Yoga, people's intelligence, the main symptom I was saying, of Kali Yoga. That is, prayanalayusha sabhya kalava svinyuge janaha manda sumanda mateo manda bhagya hi upadruta prayanalpayusha sabhya the population, almost all of them, almost everyone in Kali Yoga has a short life, short lifespan. Then uh, people are bad-natured, lazy, manda sumanda mati. There's wicked by nature, sumanda mati, and unlucky manda bhagya. And the main, the prime symptom of people in kali yoga is that the mind is always disturbed. Everyone is. Either either split personality or depression or hypertension or some some different kinds of neurosis or psychosis. It's, it's very common. In America, a few years ago, I, I kept on hearing this word Prozac. I never heard it before. When I was traveling in America. Everyone, it's a common word, Prozac. What is it? It's a drug. What's it for? Depression. And it's it's just like saying in uh, it's just like saying in South India coffee or something. It's just you know, so many people take it that it's just everyone knows coffee. So Prozac. Someone say to me, "Oh, um, I'm on Prozac." And they what? And look at me. You know what Prozac is? Because so many people are taking it that it's just it's just a normal thing, antidepressant drug. There are others who take drugs, there are other drugs, there are some drugs which there's antidepressant and there are others which are depressants, they, they calm you down. So Prabhupada used to say that, people need, they need a pill to get them going in the morning and then a pill to sleep at night, because the mind is so disturbed. And really, there are many, many people, I mean, we're talking about millions of people here. So, this is all described in Shastra. It, this is the condition. So, always think of Krishna. It's a good impetus. It's a good impetus when we see the world is bad and getting worse to always think of Krishna by the simple process in this Kali Yoga, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has given, of chanting his name. Very simple process. As Srila Prabhupada sometimes used to say, Krishna consciousness is so simple that you'll miss it. We try to change it a little bit or make it more complex. Or... But actually it's very, very simple. Just chant the names of Krishna. Lead a pure life. No meat-eating, no gambling, no intoxication, no illicit sex. Chant the names of Krishna. Associate with devotees of Krishna. And our life will be successful. Then we go to Krishna. Very simple. But in Kali Yoga, people live such 
complex and disturbed lives that they find it difficult to chant. Or even if they want to chant, many times the demands of modern life are so much that they find it difficult to find time to chant. Here Prabhupada says one should arrange one's life in such, one should always act in such a way that all his daily activities are in connection with Krishna. But it may be very difficult in the modern age. At least in traditional society, that was a common thing. People would, they'd work in the fields and sing to Krishna. Or the boatman would ply his boat on the river and sing to Krishna. But in the modern workplace, if you even pretend to have any connection with Krishna, they won't be very happy. There was one, uh, actually that's one of Radhika's relatives. Who's that? She's gone outside. I saw him a few years ago in Sri Rangam. He was so nicely chanting the Divya Prabandha. Of course I can't understand, but his chanting was very beautiful and with so much devotion for the Lord. And then uh, next I heard of him, he was in Bangalore as a software engineer. Not that he wanted to be in particular, but the way the society is set up nowadays, if you just, he was born in the family where his family activity is serving Ranganathan. But the way the, the government's taken over the temples and then they don't give anything and you have to run your family and sisters have to be married and all this kind of thing. So his way, Then the next thing I heard, he was in America. Then he came back to Bangalore and all the time in America. I don't know whether he went direct or... Anyway, he, he kept his shika and everything. When he got it, then he got a job in Bangalore after being in America. In America, he used to go to his office with the tilak... And she could have, we came back to Bangalore, he said, okay, get a job, but get rid of all of that. That's not allowed here. In America it was okay, but not here. No shika, no tila. Then you can get a job. So it becomes difficult to remember Krishna. I mean, they won't allow you. Don't remember Krishna. Some of the the, the uh, especially in these call centers or in some companies, they deliberately make the culture, they, they make people sinful. They think that unless we make them sinful, they can't work for us properly. Because they're just pushing them, work hard and we'll give you money. And so to make them more desirous of money, they have to spoil all their qualities. So they deliberately get them to, especially to take alcohol and to have illicit sex and smoking and all these things. They deliberately spoil the character. So it can be very difficult even to find time and to have the proper uh, culture or association. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, Sthane sthita shudhikatam tanuvang That you, whatever situation you're in, you stay there and you hear about Krishna Dedicate yourself, mind, body and words to Krishna. 
But in the modern age, of course, that's the Shastric principle, but in the modern age it may be very difficult to do that because if we stay in our position, it's very difficult. The whole position is against our remembering Krishna. So Srila Prabhupada, he wanted to make a situation where people can live in association with devotees as devotees. He had this plan to make rural projects where people can, with devotees, people, especially devotees, they can live together and remember Krishna. That means living simply. That's also a quality, to live very simply. People in the modern age find it very difficult to live simply. They're used to electric fans and so many things. But previously people lived without all these things. If you don't have it, you don't miss it. <laughs> and uh, the training was like that. Be content with what you have. And remember Krishna. So Prabhupada wanted to establish communities like that. Living simply. Because if we want so many machines, so many products. In the modern age, there are so many necessities. Previously, what were the necessities? When people got married, they didn't need to get a whole new set of things because anyway, married means they just live in the boy's house, his father's house, that's all. So there's no need to buy a new set of everything. Nowadays, you have to buy so many things, utensils and washing machine. Whoever heard of a washing machine in India? Now washing machine. Necessity. And so many unnecessary things. What was previously unnecessary has become a necessity. Then you have to pay for it and then the washing machine breaks down and you have to get it repaired. And then, uh, then it's, it's built, they say built to last, but actually it's built to break. They're deliberately designed, so you have to buy another one. And then you, uh, then you have to, you don't want to go change three buses to go 25 kilometers to work. So you take a loan and get a bike or a car. Then you have to buy, you have to work and work and people are tied up. Everyone's got Everyone's tied up with debts and unnecessary. So Prabhupada had this. It's all right, dude. That's child sounds. Normal for children. One second they're laughing, next second they're crying. Then they're laughing again. So uh, Prabhupada had this scheme for making rural communities. Live simply. Produce what you need, nothing more. Don't make life complicated. And chant Hare Krishna together. That was Prabhupada's plan. And that's a normal thing to do. If you have nothing else to do, what will you do? As I've many times said, I saw that in the villages in Bangladesh. In the evening, that time there was no electricity. Most people had never seen any electrical item. Some of them might have a, have a battery-operated radio. 
That's all. That was the new big fashion at the time. Then in the evening, what will you do? Then uh, people, they chant Hare Krishna. That was a common thing to do. That's why you'll find, even now in Bengal, that culture is very strong. Kirtan culture. Bengal and Orissa especially. I mean, that's not the only reason, but uh, of course there's the influence of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in those areas. But uh, that, that's a natural pleasure, to chant the names of Krishna, to hear about Krishna. So, Srila Prabhupada wanted to revive that culture. Where people can live simply, and have the opportunity to 24 hours remember Krishna. Then life will be very happy if we're living with devotees. Uh, devotees, and there's nothing, there's nothing to strive for. There's, there's nothing to... Uh, get all excited and we have to get up and rush off to work and develop my career. There's no such thing. There's no, there's no career. The thing to get excited about is kirtan, hearing about Krishna, dramas about Krishna. So this culture should be revived. Otherwise, this city life is horrible. Even if you come from, as you are now getting your education, you wanted to be educated. So, that Chanakya Pandit says that traveling is educational. You learn. So now you're getting some education. If you come the short distance from Salem to Bangalore, Salem's also quite a big town, I think it's about, what's the population? Four lakhs, five lakhs, something like that. It's not a small town. It's only, now with a new highway, once you get outside the city, that's from the center of the city to the, to the south of the city, to Hosur may take you one hour, one and a half hours, but then after that it's, depending on how fast you want to risk your neck, it's maybe two and a half hours drive. It used to be more like five hours. So it's quite close. But there's such a difference in the culture between there and here. I mean, it's not that it's Vaikuntha there. I mean, there's, there's plenty of corruption and so many bad things there. But at least they don't have pubs there yet. No sign of any pubs yet. And you don't see girls smoking. Not yet. So these big cities, they're very horrible to live in. Bangalore used to be famous as a very pleasant city to live in. Not now. Those days are gone. But it can be nice also. Can be nice. If everyone takes up Krishna consciousness, then everything becomes perfect. Just like Krishna was living in Dwarka. It was also a big city. Much bigger population than Bangalore at that time. Now Dwarka is a small town. 
But at that time, if we see, according to the description of Bhagavatam, then uh, with Krishna's dowry, what Maharaj Nagnajit gave to his daughter, Nagnajiti, the, uh, the number of servants he gave to Krishna to go with her, that exceeded the present population of the whole world. So there are a lot of people in Dwarga. So how do, they, how do they all fit in? Well, Krishna can fit them in. He can do anything he likes. So there's nothing wrong with cities if people live a Krishna consciously. The modern age simply greed and lust, karma, loba, and in between is sandwich krodha. These are the principles on which the modern cities work. So we can't expect that people will be happy in this way of life. So let us tell people what Krishna says. Manmana bhava madbhakto madhyaji mangnamaskuru mame vaishasi satyante pradijane priyosim grihe thako bane thako sada hari baler dhako Wherever we are, in the village or the forest or the, in the city, whether we're married or renounced, whatever, if we always think of Krishna, always chant his names, then we'll be happy in this life and prepare ourselves for going to Krishna. Hare Krishna. I spoke for almost one hour. So if anyone has any questions, they can put them. Simple points, nothing very complex. Krishna consciousness is so simple we might miss it, Prabhupada used to say. That's the problem for so many people. They think, oh, it's too simple. What is this chanting? I have to have complex yagyas, complex mantras, complex philosophy. It's just, it's chanting is just very simple. I, I, I have more advanced things to do. There's nothing more advanced. After many lifetimes of doing so many advanced things, when we finally... Bahunam Janmanamante Gyanavan Mangrapadyate Vasudeva Sarvamiti Samahatma Sudulama. After so many lifetimes of looking in so many complex ways at this and that and trying to figure everything out, when we finally realize Vasudeva Sarvamiti, Krishna is all in all, and surrender to him, then our life is perfect. But generally the jnanis don't do that because they're so caught up in their jnana. They're thinking, I'm I'm, I'm going to work it out. I'm, I'm, I'm going to understand it. And after many, many lifetimes, someone might come to understand, actually I got it all wrong. Real gyan is to understand Krishna. So we don't have to take many lifetimes. We can take it immediately. But we may think, oh, it's so simple. Then we miss it. <laughs> it's simple. That's right. That's right. It's simple. That's Krishna's mercy. Yeah, anything? You saw the 
movie of Tukaram. I saw that recently also. Tukaram's wife does all the traditional things, but she's materialistic. She's not interested in bhakti. She's an offender, actually. Yeah, so? Doing such activities will keep one humble. Uh, generally, yes. Generally. Not, you see, smearing cow dung in the walls, that's not what Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita. He doesn't say, always smear cow dung on the walls. He doesn't say that. He says, always think of me. So living a traditional life is not in and of itself the goal of life. But it helps to foster the consciousness by which one can more easily attain the goal of life. If one lives very simply and accepts that the goal of life is to understand Krishna, that we're simply living by the mercy of Krishna, there's, there's no need to endeavor very hard for anything else. And that's a very conducive lifestyle. One can be Krishna conscious in the rat race also, but it's not so easy. In the rat race, everything is driven by material ambition. So that works against advancement in Krishna consciousness. One can be, because Krishna consciousness is a more powerful force than Maya, if one is actually strong in Krishna consciousness, one can be in the midst of Maya and still be Krishna conscious. Whereas someone can be in a very sadvic situation and not Krishna conscious at all. So ultimately it doesn't depend on the situation. But in general, the traditional culture is more favorable for cultivating Krishna consciousness. But that Tukaram's wife, well she was also actually very Krishna conscious, she was always thinking of Tukaram, he's a devotee, and she was thinking of Vital, but not in a favorable way. So she missed the trip to Vaikuntha. <laughs> That's a very good observation. In city life, we feel like we are controlling. In the village, we can see how we are dependent on God's nature. We see the forces of nature very strongly. The wind, the rain, we're dependent on the seasons if the, for, for growing the crops. If the, if the weather is not regular, then you can't even plow the fields or if the, if the soil is hard, if the rain doesn't come in time, then you can't plow. And if there's not enough sun in the summer, then the mangoes won't ripen. So we, we see how we're dependent on the... Or they'll, they'll be sour, the mangoes. So we see how we're dependent on nature. But in, in the city life, if it's too hot, there's an air conditioner. It's too cold. It's not very common in India. Maybe more in Bangalore. Yeah, and in North India also. There's 
hot water, everything, flick a switch. Like that. Driving a car, you may think, I'm in, I'm in control. On the highway especially, not in the traffic jam. There's frustration, simply frustration. I've got the car, I want to go, but all these rascals in front of me, they should get out of the way, but they don't get out of the way. Extremely frustrating being stuck in a traffic jam, isn't it? Everyone knows that experience. You want to go somewhere, but you just can't. Stuck. Your plans are frustrated. So, yeah, the feeling that I am the controller is prominent in city life. Ishvaro Ham, I am the controller. Karta Ham, I am the doer. These are demoniac propensities. Yeah, anything else? Gor Chandra from Slovenia. Hare Krishna. I mentioned that Krishna consciousness, actually it's a saying of Prabhupada, Krishna consciousness is so simple that you might miss it. This was commonly quoted by Tribhuvanath Prabhu, who was a very simple devotee who passed on. Simple in the sense that he just stuck to the essence, chanting and preaching, and he preached very simply but very effectively. So he often quoted that, Prabhupada said that. He heard that from Prabhupada. Yeah. So is that in fact philosophy is also needed to chant daily about body? Sorry? Krishna consciousness is supposed to say that philosophy is also needed. Chant and continue about body. So yeah, the philosophy is needed to convince us to go on chanting. Recently I quoted that that Prabhupada said that philosophy is for fools. Those who are fully Krishna conscious, they just chant Hare Krishna. But some of the people that are chanting Hare Krishna, they may be verbally chanting, but their attitude is actually not very pure. They may be chanting, but they have some wrong idea about Krishna. So philosophy is required, first of all, to understand that we should dedicate our life to Krishna. And philosophy is also required to understand how to serve Krishna, sambandha. What is, what is our relationship with Krishna and with the world and with everything else? Abhideya, how should, having understood that our relationship is with Krishna, we are servants of Krishna, then practically how to serve him. That we also have to understand. And prayojan. What is the ultimate goal? So all of this we have to learn. Philosophy is for fools, and guess what? We're all fools. We all need philosophy. Once uh, someone in a lecture, public lecture, they said, why do you need all this philosophy? And Prabhupada said, what do you expect me to speak? Fairy tales? Philosophy is required. 
Is that right, Narayan and Keshav? You're learning philosophy? Your mother's teaching you philosophy? We have another Narayana, this Gokchandranana's son in Slovenia. He's also called Narayana. Narayana Parovyaktat. That's the first words of Shankaracharya's commentary on Bhagavad Gita. Narayana is beyond the... Oh, is this what you've been doing here? This from Narayana. There's a message to me. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Your servant Narayana. And here's a message from Kesha. In between fighting with each other, they sometimes write Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Your servant Keshava. Their handwriting looks very similar. <laughs> Who is that written by? They wrote it themselves? Really? You taught them to have identical handwriting. <laughs> What's it called? Cursive. Cursive. C-U-R-S-I-V-E. Well, discursive, there's a word which means varied. So I guess cursive means not varied. Is that what it means? All right, I learned a word today. Why don't you teach them to write in the style that everyone outside of India writes? Instead of this like 150-year-old style, where they have an R looking something like an N. Or another style in India is to make an R look like a V. Now in India they're promoting international schools. So you could learn to write English in the in the same way as is done over... Maybe I'm out of date too. Maybe they write it differently now. I don't know if anyone knows how to write. They probably just do it all by typing nowadays. <laughs> That's all. Hmm? They, they, no one knows how to add, subtract, multiply or divide. No one knows how to work out square roots. For that matter, I don't either. I forgot. But uh, it's all just done by... Machine, right? They'll be in trouble when the machines fail. <laughs> so what was the question from Gaur Chandranana? Philosophy is required. Okay, all right. Regulated principles that we have to follow. Yeah. Regulated principles are like Karela. Well, that's right there in uh, what is that? Pariname Vishamiva. It's in Bhagavad Gita that the uh, in the beginning it seems like poison, and in the end it's no. There's there's, there's material happiness in the mode of passion seems like 
nectar in the beginning, but in the end it's like poison. Whereas happiness in a mode of goodness is like poison in the beginning, but nectar at the end. And a similar example, uh, the heart of rain. Yeah, yeah. Haritaki, what's that called? In, it's a kind of herb. I'm sure you must know the name for it in Canada. It's very common. It's one of the uh, ingredients of Trifala Churna. Haritaki is the Bengali name. In Oriya also Haritaki. Harida. It's like sour, very sour. I don't know. If you tell me the name in Canada, I also won't know it. I, no, it's it's like it's like it's like a, it's something similar to tamarind, I guess, that, vaguely similar. And you dry it, and it's very sour. And you take it, and it cleans out your system. And this and that. Harde, harde in Gujarati, is it? Hindi and Gujarati, harde. Anyway, what about it? Now that we've done our botany class. Wild fruit? I don't know how it's cultivated, but I think it must be cultivated. But what's that got to do with the... In one place, Prabhupada mentions in the Nectar of Instruction, text 1, purport, Prabhupada says that one shouldn't take Haritaki. Yeah, you want to look that up? Write in Haritaki, it'll come up in... It'll come up in Chaitanya Charitamrita as one of the... In the Prabhupada mentions it. Why that's mentioned, I don't know. Because it... Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also took it. What does it say? Yeah, there you are in Chaitanya Charitamrita, in the purport, Prabhupada mentions that. Hmm? Mayrobalan is the. I don't know what that is. Maybe that's the Latin name or something. Yeah, but then in the Upadeshamrita, look for that. What does Prabhupada say about Haritaki? I don't know what this got to do with the class. But Anyway, what does Prabhupada say about Haritaki? Anyway, what's the question? What's contradictory? Is it? I don't. You have to give the exact quote. If you say there's something contradictory, and I heard something like this, how can I say? You have to give the exact quote. Otherwise, if you just say, I heard, and it's not very clear, and can you explain it, then how can I explain it? Hmm? What did it say in Upadesh Amrita? The use of pan, haritaki, betel nuts, various spices used in pan making, tobacco, LSD. Mahru, mar, marijuana, something like that. It's pronounced marijuana. The J in Spanish is pronounced as an H. Marijuana. Opium, Opium liquor, liquor, coffee, coffee and, tea. and tea is indulged into fulfilling illicit demands. So Prabhupada doesn't actually ban Haritaki there. I wonder why it's in the list. I don't know. 
It's not the most important question, but someone could look it up. It's probably translated from Bhaktisiddhanta's purport. Various spices used in pan making, but that's also used in, in the the spices include a lychee, a lych. What's it called in Hindi? I always get mixed up. Hmm? What's, what's it? It's not commonly used in pan making? Yes, sir. Anyway, all right. Cloves? Lavang? No? Okay. I don't know much about pan making. But they used to uh, close the pan with a, the pan leaf with a clove, right? Anyway, anything else apart from these uh, technical details? So, should we chant? I'm asking us to chant. Can you sing? Hare Krishna, can you lead a kirtan? Can sing Keshava Dhrita, Nara Hari Rupa. At home, he's singing, must be singing. So sing, please sing Hare Krishna. All right, we'll sing that. Namaste Narasimhaya Pahlada Lada Daine Hiranya Kashi Kormachaha So we have a new generation of Vaishnavas coming up. If you train them from the beginning like this, there's every possibility that they can perfect their lives and help others also to come to Krishna consciousness. <laughs> Prabhupada's father got him trained in playing Vedanga and harmonium. So you can do like to train them in Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam, all these things. And they will fight. The boys will fight. That's normal. <laughs> Young boys. Nityananda Prasad. Have you seen his son? Chaitanya Prasad. He's very sweet, very beautiful, and very active. More than Narayan and Kesha put together. <laughs> so 
you, you have both hands full, but you need four hands. <laughs> In the past, that was there. There were not four hands, forty hands. So many mothers would be there. In the home. So anything else? Otherwise we'll say Hare Krishna and that's all for this evening. I should be, I was planning to rush off at this time, but I got told the train is an hour later than we were previously informed. So I have a little time. What happened to Dinesh? Couldn't contact him. All right. Where's his home? Is it on the way to? No Don't know. Yeah, you can. Oh, I see. You could only contact him by email. You have his number. Well, where does he live? Oh, that's a long way. Well, tell him to come. I'm coming. Well, on the twentieth, I'm supposed to be lecturing at Lakshmi Nishimba yeah. Temple in the afternoon. It's not. It, is it Paka? It's proposed. Probably. So he could come there. So Hare Krishna, thank you very much. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Hare Krishna. We'll finish there for this evening. <laughs>